about this? These two, these two people, oh, I am geeking out to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Mark, Jasmine, what a nerd! Nerd alert! <laughs> Unleashed television. What are you talking about? Anything can be a podcast. Video game. <laughs> what is a geek? Oh, hi, Mark. The whole point is, of course, the plot is. You guys have great conversations. Oh, I am geeking out. Unleashed movies. People love movies. All right, you guys, podcast time. You're listening to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Part of the security badass, we take our passions and our fandoms and we turn them into conversations with you. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 140. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. Uh, each week on the Geeks Unleashed podcast, we catch up on our pop culture lives and we bring you a review of something adapted from the comic book or gaming world. With that, we do. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We'd also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Equally, feel free to donate to our Ko-Fi. We would much appreciate any donations you'd like to uh, send our way. Yep. Uh, and <laughs> uh, and this week on our Geek, Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Uh, I'll be honest, it changed for me through the week what I was going to talk about. Um, there's That's a few things I watched. Mark watches and like reads so much more stuff than I do. So I he's got options. Stuff. I didn't read, no, I didn't read anything this week, but I, I uh, actually didn't read a single thing this week. So, however, really? um, no, I don't think I've got time to read anything, um, actually. Um, anyway, but I did watch uh, three new movies and no, no, sorry, two new movies, but also then the one I'm going to talk about now, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't a new movie. And I did see a band as well. However, all of those things, I've decided, however, to talk about the 10th anniversary re-release of Gravity, uh, which is uh, George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. So it was in 3D. I saw it last night at the cinema. And I just want to say I did see this originally when it came out, not straight away. I saw it at home on television. Mm-hmm. Had no, you know, I liked it, thought it was good. It was okay on TV. Just didn't have uh, that effect on a small screen, huh? However, this is seeing it on the big screen in 3D. Like, I'm trying to say this without sounding horrible. It's completely changed my opinion of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Now, like I say, I liked it before. There was no issues with it. However, watching it on the big screen in 3D, this movie was like epic. It was amazing. It was just so good. Yeah. And I was a bit like, oh, I was I was on an iron about where to go because I've got a monthly subscription at the cinema. I try and go at least twice a, twice a month just so I make sure I get the... Your money's um, worth. Money's worth, yeah. Something, sometimes I end up going four times in a month and I make double. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I booked it up and I was like, I don't know, can I bothered? I was tired. I was like, actually, no, I'm going to make myself go. It might be quite nice to watch it. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did. Uh, I walked out of there just completely pumped. It was just amazing. So I don't know if anyone's doing a re-release. If you're listening and you've got a re- if, if they're doing a re-release at the moment in your cinema, try and go. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, it, it, visually, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And equally, I feel like any horror movie I've seen does not compare to this like it's a crap as... really considered a horror movie it's not a horror movie no it's okay. not a horror movie what i mean is the anxiety oh yeah yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and like stress i felt mm-hmm. for her as a character when i think what she went through was probably far scarier than any guy running through a house with a knife <laughs> like honestly 
like at least with a guy with a knife there's the ability to get away from him yeah and, and it's over you know get in your car and you're gone mm-hmm. this whole thing was like she got was floating through space you know then had to make her way to us you know completely lost you know spinning she was panicking imagine being in a spacesuit, like completely untethered from nope. your shuttle you know where you know give your location whatever uh, and, and you know you obviously have to eventually you will stop she was rapidly spinning all of this stuff anyway so then it was like from that point onwards and she had to get to a space station which then caught on fire and then she struck then had to get to another space station and i don't know it was just i don't want to say too much more but it was just like complete craziness the whole way through and and like i want yeah, several times my definitely the point where she was quite early on where she was floating through space completely on her own yeah my heart was gone like i was just like <laughs> I, I your your thought, anxiety was already through the roof at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, if that was me, <laughs> if that was me, I actually don't know what I would do. I actually don't know what I would do. I would just you would have hyperventilated in that suit. Oh, she she, she was hyperventilated, <clears throat> and then you could honestly, what an amazing actress she is as well. Though, like, you could just see she was hyperventilating, and then she stopped because she just clearly just stopped breathing because she was clearly panicking. Mm-hmm. And then and then and then obviously then she starts to breathe again. Um, I was just like, wow, like that, that. I felt every moment of that, like as if it was real. And yeah, I thought you could not, after watching that, I thought they could not pay me to go to space. Uh-huh. There's, there's no money that would ever. You don't want to hop on one of those shuttles that goes up and comes right back down? No, you're good. I mean, maybe if you stay in the shuttle, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing any of them spacewalks. If there's some opportunity, <laughs> if there's some opportunity, I'm not doing it. So. <sighs> Uh, there's one line in it that stayed with me where she said, I hate space. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yep, like, I hate yeah. space too. <laughs> I, I mean, after watching this, so, like, if, maybe in the future, if, you know, a thousand years from now, when they have these, like, really cool suits with magnetic boots and mm-hmm. rocket boosters. and I think the mag you know, boots are going to make all the difference. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have made any difference for her because she was nowhere near anything to stick onto. Mm-hmm. But... However, maybe maybe it wouldn't have maybe she wouldn't have got flown off if she'd have had the mag boots. Yeah, like if she'd have because she was on the outside of the shuttle and got thrown away. Maybe her mag boots could have got stuck there. I don't know. Anyway, so but yeah, seriously, it's, it was so good watching it in three D. It was amazing. Yeah, it was really it really was uh, visually amazing. Oh, and I want to say about the the story. Like mm-hmm. so, obviously the story is her trying to get back to Earth. But I realized this time around there was another story. She makes, she talks about her own history and a loss she had mm-hmm. previous to the film. And she explains that how she lives her life basically just going to work, going home. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, without giving too much away, clearly she does survive. And I felt to myself, she whilst we were not going to see what happens yeah i felt to myself that clearly she will now want to live yeah you know funny how that works huh like you're finally faced with death and you decide holy shit like i don't want to die i want to live yeah so that that for me i thought it was actually there was character there was character in there as well it wasn't just the visual and the the action Mm -hmm. and yeah but no it's a really good movie if you've not seen it in 10 years go and watch it sorry i've talked way too long about this but anyway go on (laughs) What, what was your geek of the week uh, my geek of the week is the second to last volume 
of Given. Given is good. It's a manga about a band, boys in a band. Um, it's volume eight. It came out in English, I should say. It came out uh, a couple of weeks ago. I finally sat down and read it. And it's just like, I don't know, like you, you've fallen in love with these characters over the previous seven volumes. Like things are getting interesting. Every member of the band is doing something with other bands. And it's like, are you guys going to come together? Are you going to come back together? Like, are we going to, are we going to make this happen? Are you going to do an album? Like what's going to happen? Um, but of course, as usual, Noski Kizu's work is so great. Like, I just love the artwork. It's so subtle and so soft. Um, and I just love the story. I, I love learning about these kids. Um, so the the manga itself is ending with chapter 51. And that's going to be volume nine. Volume nine has already come out in Japanese. It came out uh, last month in September. And of course the English translation is going to take like a year. So it'll be another year or so before we get the English version, which, you know, maybe I should just like hurry up and get better at reading Japanese so that I don't have to wait so long. <laughs> I'll just um, Googled it to have a quick look. Um, I couldn't see any pictures internally, but the art, the, the art, the cover art looks pretty cool. Yeah. And there's also um, another given movie coming out. So we got a given anime series that had 13 episodes and then we had a given movie. Um, and now we we're going to have a sequel to the given movie. It actually releases in Japanese theaters next year. And then, of course, it's going to be a while before it is available with English subtitles. So um, hopefully by next year as well, we'll have the follow-up given movie so very excited i love given it's been something i've been following for a few years now so i'm sad that it's ending but at the same time like all good things must come to an end so i've just just been enjoying the journey so far before we start recording it was something that me and jasmine did say that whilst bigger properties like superman and batman and spider-man never end um <laughs> one of the things um, and obviously i love spider-man and batman yeah but we, never we ending love... things like one piece if you're talking about anime over a thousand episodes like <laughs> well but that's an exception but however there are several independents that do come yeah. to an end and and we were talking about things like um firepower and um paper girls and other independent stuff and obviously there's manga as well that has come to an end and mm -hmm. yeah so i think I, i'm i'm much more of a fan of things coming to an end whilst i do love my superhero properties so yeah um anyway to jump into our main event so continuing we've done four blade films sorry three blade three. films three mm -hmm. blade three blade films. hopefully in 2026 um, we'll be talking about a fourth one who knows well, <laughs> i mean we'll see what happens uh, yeah but, seriously at this rate probably will be wesley snipes back for <laughs> the, like, oh, old man blade well, well, it doesn't look that old, but I mean, oh, you know. man. anyway, so Blade the series from 2006. For this episode, though, we are just covering episodes one to six. Episode uh -huh. one, however, was the pilot episode, which was an hour and a half. So it's almost like seven episodes, but we're, we're splitting the episode up because, uh, sorry, the podcast up to cover the first six and 
then next week, surprisingly, we'll be covering the rest. So, uh, it was de- developed by David S. Goya, who was involved in the previous movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the network was Spike TV, and the studios involved were Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema, Marvel, Phantom Four Films, and based on characters from Marvel Comics. Yes, and it stars Kurt Sticky Pangas Jones, Jill Wagner, Nelson Lee, Jessica Gower, and Neil Jackson. <laughs> Sticky fingers. Anyway, Sticky fingers. First- First appearance is of Blade or in Tomb of Dracula, issue 10 from 1973, created by Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan. Mm-hmm. So this was originally released on the 28th of June, 2006, uh, all the way through to the 13th of September, 2006. And each episode had a runtime of roughly 46 minutes. Mm-hmm. All right. My favorite part. Fun facts. Uh, so this series, because again, the films were so popular, even though Trinity was, um, if you really want to know our thoughts, go back an episode to hear about that. But the series was so popular. Everybody was in love with Wesley Snipes as Blade. And before all of the drama came out about Wesley Snipes suing New Line Cinema and all of that stuff, Showtime was very, very interested in developing a TV series. And I think... If Showtime had gotten their hands on this series, we could have had something really, really, really good. Uh, So Showtime was already like in super early talks to start development. They had already had a couple of actors in mind for the route that they wanted to go. They already knew that they wanted to bring Dr. Karen Jensen back, which is very exciting for me because that was one of my biggest complaints. Like after the first film, we just pretended like Karen Jensen didn't exist. and they wanted a little bit more of a faithful adaptation to uh, Blade Vampire Hunter, the comic series. So I really feel like we, as the fans, lost out on that one. I think that would have been, in Showtime's hands, I think that would have been incredible. And at the time, 2006, I think the only other like premium network that could have done well with that would have been Cinemax. Uh, because I think Cinemax handled Banshee ridiculously well like i thought banshee is one of the best series of all time um so that's a bummer to me so showtime was all like yeah yeah we'll do it and then when they found out about the lawsuit with wesley snipes and when wesley snipes was like i ain't doing nothing else for blade showtime was like we are not interested if wesley snipes is not attached so they mixed everything they were like nope never mind we're we're pulling our we're pulling our bid so they dropped out and eventually Mm -hmm. spike picked it up so it's a shame they didn't stick with it anyway. Cause... I know. I know. I think it just Showtime had a bigger budget. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that the show only lasted one season. And that was something um, even Jeff John said. He was like, it wasn't that we had bad blood with Spike TV. It was just like, this show was expensive. And I think that's why I got, I think Spike that's was why. a new network. And like, yeah. they didn't have the money to keep the show going. And then no one else at the time uh had the money for it either so one and done for this series unfortunately and then there were just a couple of easter eggs um so one of the easter eggs was again um i think it was in the blade trinity the last episode that we did it was the first time that an actual real version of a marvel comic appeared in a marvel film um Mm -hmm. and in this one we also got dracula lives uh, it was a poster of the the cover of the comic that was in Zach's apartment that we see in the pilot episode. And this one was a lot of fun because like 
I would never have, like, if I had watched this in 2006, this would have gone completely over my head. But like having watched it now, I was like, oh my God, I know who that is. Uh, so like at the scene when Krista goes to Randy Quaid's character to ask about, you know, all of this stuff that's happening and he makes mention of like vampires and she's like, oh yeah, vampires are real. What are werewolves real too? And he's like, oh, well, I don't know. Like you're going to have to talk to my colleague, Mark Spector about that. And I was like, moon Knight, what? And I didn't, I didn't, I guess I didn't pay much attention to this, but like moon Knight's first appearance in Marvel comics was in werewolf by night, number 32. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty cool Easter egg, even for way back in 2006, like they're dropping Easter eggs for moon Knight and Mark Spector and werewolf by night, like in this, in this series. So I thought that was a lot of fun. That's all I got though. This time it's not, this is very like scant on Fun facts. I didn't find too much stuff about drama. Like, seems like this was a, a fairly easy and well run production. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe think, I'll maybe I'll find some dirt for the next episode. I think I remember at the time because I was disappointed when it cancelled. I think I read at the time that it was mainly cancelled due to funding. Uh, yeah. Because Spike TV was a new network and it's yeah. just a really expensive show. It was nothing to do with viewership or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. No, it um, wasn't because it was actually when this premiered. This pilot was the highest rated, I mean, highest uh, watched pilot on the network at the time. Like nothing else has mm -hmm. brought in the numbers that Blade brought to Spike TV. So IMDb summary is just a one-liner made up of <laughs> uh, literally about six words. Uh, the <laughs> Sorry, I didn't actually count them. But anyway, the adventures of half-human vampire hunter. That's it. Yeah, no, you get an F minus on that one, IMDb. Yeah. That's that's a no-go. That doesn't tell me anything about the series. And also it is very misleading because I would not call these adventures <laughs> at all. <laughs> um so where we give our overall thoughts. So as as we've said already, we're gonna split in the first season into two episodes. Mm -hmm. So six episodes is quite chunky. So we decided to split into two episodes. Um I kind of broke this up a little bit. So right. um, my thoughts on following on from the movie itself. So links to the movie, I thought there was actually, because this is set in the same world as the movies mm -hmm. and it continues from the third film. So I wanted to say that the bit that, I, that it seems to me that it kind of, kind of ignores most of the third film um, unless they just, yeah. although, although, although then the other thing is he doesn't really, you know, the character of Blade doesn't really, isn't one for words. Yeah. So he mentions I mean, the inhalers. That's one yeah. of the only references from, that I caught from the third film. So they, so the, they don't ignore the third one, but equally right. then they don't, don't really even acknowledge any of the other films. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, well, sorry, Blade doesn't really acknowledge any films because he doesn't really, he's not really a talker, is he? Yeah. So to be fair, I don't think they didn't happen or anything like that. He's just not someone who sits there and shares his feelings. So yeah. I don't think they've, I don't think necessarily they've ignored them. Yeah, However, like like Blade and Shin would just be sitting around talking about, hey man, remember that time? No, I don't, no, that's <laughs> so not going <laughs> So there's no real impact of Dracula. However, I did think yeah. like you, the, the poster was cool. So they're not ignoring Dracula being in the, mm -hmm. in the, in the, in the, in the Blade franchise however we get that character who meets krista talks through blade's origin mentions whistler which i mm -hmm. thought was cool i'm glad they handed that over 
I liked the fact that they showed the flashback to his mum and it was the same flashback from the first film where she gives birth yes. to, to Adam Blade. I love the fact that we had that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that literally they've carried all the mythology across, you know, the um, uh, the familiars, the the, uh, the gifts, mm-hmm. uh, glyphs or whatever they have on their, their little tattoos, you know, even the on the imprints on the side of the building, mm-hmm. um, the tone and the style and even the cinematography, just everything, you know, the darkness, the dark reds, the, you know, just everything is, is completely the same tone. Right. However, this series felt very much in line with the tone of the first movie and not yeah. the, the campiness of the sort of the third film that we got. Thankfully. Uh, and they also didn't ignore uh, the blood pack or whatever they were called from the third film, which... Mm-hmm. You know, it was unlikely they were going to have those characters around anyway. They'd probably be recast if they did. Um, so I did like the fact that they had those connections to Bridge. And 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 I think having watched it, the you know, the third, all three films in, go, in one go and then going straight into this TV series, mm-hmm. it did feel quite natural, I thought. It did. It was uh, a nice, it was uh, a nice smooth transition. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, uh and then in this first six episodes as well, one of the other things I enjoyed was that we got some more detailed background on what happened to Blade because, mm-hmm. you know, he grew up as a basically on the streets before Whistler picked him up. And Whistler does mention that in the first film to Karen. However, yeah. we meet this new bunch of vampires that Blade turned when before Whistler found him. He turned, mm-hmm. you know, those, those other vampires. And I, I enjoyed seeing what happened to Blade before, you know, finding out more about him before he got his thirst under control, mm-hmm. uh, that, that he wasn't perfect. He did, he did turn some vampires, which was unexpected. I didn't, didn't, you know, yeah. I to be honest, didn't know that was something that happened. I mean, I, I'm not saying that happened in the comics, but in the movie world, none of that was ever mentioned. Uh, yeah. sh- mentioned. I mean, probably, probably in all honesty, they probably haven't planned for that, but it was cool that the writers of this show decided to go back and explore more of the mythology before the movies. So mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Um, I thought it was I, really cool the way that they talked about it. Like when the main guy of the blood pack was like, "Yeah, you turned us into addicts and then you left. Like, yeah, you you did this to us. You left us with this thing that we didn't know how to deal with, and then you left us." Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I I was gonna say like, overall, I love I love these first six episodes. I love the style of it, and I actually, to be fair, I think well, we, we'll talk about the characters next afterwards, but I think. I think I enjoyed what I saw of, of mm-hmm. their presence. We'll talk about more detail in a minute. But I, I and I, I, the mythology I'm loving, but equally the mystery that they're creating as well, mm-hmm. uh, and also the villainy that they're, they're building up as well, like the hierarchy, the different mm-hmm. houses. Um, Finally, some elders that uh, are actually like threatening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And even one of yeah. the elders is actually a child, like yeah. who, and even that child is quite menacing in all honesty. Mm-hmm. So. Um, no, I, I, I've enjoyed what I've seen in this first six episodes. I enjoyed the, the linking between the films, and mm-hmm. I think they've done a smooth transition. It didn't feel to me like a bit like my comparison here is sort of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where it, it wasn't, it, it was linked for a little bit, and yeah. then just, just and went then off just the rails. About it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and almost a bit like the Netflix universe kind of became its own thing in the end oh, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. whilst they were, whilst for the most part they were good and strong for most of them it very much became its own bubble mm-hmm. and back then uh there was no shared universe but they did a good job of actually just carrying it straight on so yeah. what, about, what about you what i liked that it like you said it was very 
smooth. And especially coming out so close to the third film, it was at the time, I'm sure it was still pretty fresh, right? Because this came out two years after the third film. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved the look. I thought they nailed the look, the costumes, the weapons, all of it. Like all of that fits really, really well. Um, and they're giving us like a whole new world. So I appreciate it that they're taking what we're already familiar with and they have built on top of it versus starting over. Because a lot of times when, especially going from a movie to a a series, like a lot of times they'll just start from scratch and it's like, but you didn't need to start from scratch. Like you could have just picked up where the movies left off and everybody would understand that. And I thought that they did a really good job of that. And it's likely because it's still David S. Goyer and David S. Goyer was with Blade from the very beginning. Like he wrote the first two films, wrote and directed the third film, um, and then was the developer for this series. So I think like having that continuity all the way through, it really shows here in this series. Um, I actually want to mention actually about how, um, when I come back to the mystery part of it, I love the fact that we don't know what's going on with the pregnant women and the doctors and, Mm -hmm. and, Actually, the villain <clears throat> seems to have several plans. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's trying to create a super vampire that's immune to garlic, garlic and sunlight, silver, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, silver and sunlight and everything. And then he seems to have this whole incubator of women that he's kind of getting them pregnant, but not pregnant. Like, yeah, so. I'm I'm very intrigued to keep watching to see what happens next because, like, yeah, obviously, spoiler, but like with one of the pregnant women they take her to get an ultrasound and the doctor the new doctor that is doing the ultrasound is like ain't nothing in there like there is no baby in here but obviously this woman looks pregnant like her stomach is definitely like pregnant belly and there's nothing in there and so it's like they go to collect the stuff and it's all blood fluid or whatever so i am very invested in figuring out like what this mystery is and what the bad guys are trying to do because like Mm -hmm. that is not at all what i expected when when they were doing her ultrasound i was expecting some kind of like hell spawn to be in there (laughs) yeah no i I, so i did watch this when it first came out and i'll be honest i can't remember what the mystery is Mm -hmm. so uh i'm i'm like you i'm i I deliberately didn't watch beyond episode six i didn't want to go in i didn't want to go into this podcast and no more no before. too much yeah 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 so i have stopped deliberately um before this uh, anyway so characters now for me there's kind of well five-ish main characters and we've got sticky fingers who takes over from wesley snipes mm-hmm. and i just wanted to know because I, I think break it down between the four four sort of four or five main characters what's your thoughts on sticky versus snipes he's got the look for sure yeah He's got the mannerisms for sure, but his movements are nothing, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing like Wesley Snipes' movement. So his, the fluidity that you're used to with Blade when he's fighting is not here. Like the, the fight sequences and the fight choreography is to me way subpar, but oh, yeah. I, agree, I, yeah. I think that he definitely embodies the character it's just that like obviously you know wesley snipes has been doing martial arts pretty much his entire life so like 
it, it's easier for him to do those kinds of things because it's, it's almost like it's an eight to him at this point, but like with sticky, it's like, it's very obvious that this is not something that he is used to. Um, and like a lot of times when he's fighting, he's very stiff. And I think they did a lot of it on purpose. Like they recognized where his weaknesses were and because it was something that annoyed me uh, as I was watching these episodes, like whenever blade is fighting, he does a lot of hand to hand combat first before he ever reaches for his weapons. And that annoys me because to me, like why would blade waste time with hand to hand combat when he is literally wearing a plethora of different weapons that he can choose from. Um, but I think that honestly they did that because, because this is not Wesley Snipes, like because they don't have that fluid movement that you get with Wesley Snipes doing martial arts. Um, so kind of trying to reconcile those two, but yeah, I, I like him in this role. Again, he fits the part, he fits the demeanor. It's just the fight choreography that is kind of like. I did find as well, when I watched this, agree with that point there, I found the sticky finger seemed to get his ass kicked a lot more than Wesley Snipes' version mm -hmm. of, of, of Blade. Mm -hmm. Wesley Snipes didn't ever really get his ass kicked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably equally Wesley Snipes is like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, there's probably a bit of arrogance there on set mm -hmm. but, um, however I found that Sticky Fingers version of Snipes seemed to get knocked over quite a lot yes. so yeah. but I imagine that's probably I, I don't know it could be a combination of things maybe they just wanted to because it was TV needed to make yeah. some of the scenes last a bit longer I don't know um, I, I think like you he grew on me mm -hmm. I would say probably first episode or two I, I preferred Wesley I'm not of saying course, that of course of course but, yeah, but I, I think it was always going to be difficult to transition from yes. take over the mentor somebody. Yeah. Um, the weird thing is, that something that really annoyed me was that the tattoos on his head didn't match what we had in the films. They um, the, the, like I know it's a silly thing to say, but it just didn't match up. But I thought Wesley Snipes' humor was stronger than Sticky. Sticky doesn't oh, really have first of all have any humor. Wesley Snipes is a much better actor. Okay, so That's all of Wesley Snipes' lines, like his dry humor as Blade, was spot on. His like ability to ad lib was so good. Sticky doesn't have any of that. Like it right. is, it is very obvious. He is like, this was the line in the script, and this is how I'm going to deliver it. Whereas yeah. with Wesley Snipes, a lot of it like felt more like commentary versus dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, for sure. That that is I, that I is quite apparent. I think Snipes is a better version of Blade. Of course, but yeah. I think Sticky did a good job. Yes, I would agree. Blade. And he, and he looks the part, yeah. and he did a good job. Mm -hmm. um, right, so Jill Wagner played Krista Starr. She's kind of the inside woman. And mm -hmm. um, I know they say the inside man, but the inside woman. So she gets turned. Um, I don't really know too much about how this is. I don't know if I, I think they kind of played with the mythology a little bit here. She's taking the serum, even though she is a vampire. Mm -hmm. Um which I believe is just her way of trying to keep her thirst in control and keep her humanity. They kind of, I think they just made that up as it went along, just as yeah. a way of having an inside person into in the group. So she's a human that's investigating the death of her brother. And it turns out that her brother actually was working for Blade. He mm -hmm. gets killed off in the opening sort of 10 minutes of the first episode. So now Krista becomes the inside woman in in. Uh, the main villain's team mm -hmm. and I think she does a good job of it I, I this is the first time I ever saw Jill Wagner 
on mm. in anything and then I Winter. saw her in several roles afterwards uh she was in Team Wolf and um she came in Team Wolf and she was in a recent show called Lionesses with uh, Zoe Zaldana which she's playing like a military person and she's mm -hmm. quite but you can see I, I could actually see the difference in the acting from here to, to uh current Lioness show well it's good to know and, she's um, improved yeah, and uh, if you looked her up on IMDb, she's done a hell of a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah. Serious amount of uh, Hallmark Christmas movies. But I, all right, I had no issues with her. I think she was. I think she played it fairly, fairly strongly. I don't wouldn't say she was awful in this by any means, but I think she. So I've got no issues with her. What about you, what about your thoughts? I thought I thought her character sure. was boring, like. I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't really know what other way to describe it. Like, I, I, I chalk it up to like maybe she was new at the time, um, but it was just like, so far, maybe it gets better as we go on. But like, her facial expressions don't always match the scene, and like, hmm. she just, I, she just doesn't have a presence. So mm -hmm. it's, it's just like, she's just there. As opposed yeah. to, oh, this is a character that I'm actually empathizing with. Um, so I've just, to me, she's very meh. And not, yeah. not to say, like, I, I am invested in, like, I want to see her character do well. But yeah. sp her specifically at acting in this role, like, it's it's just very, like, uh, like mm -hmm. uh, very, very subpar. It's just. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Although very, I will yeah, say it so. is par for the course. I think most of the acting in this series is very subpar. The only two people <laughs> that I think do really well are Neil Jackson and Nelson Lee. So that's Shin, which is Wesley Snipes' is like weapons guy, and then New, New Marcus. Yeah. yeah, those are the only two that I think so, are pulling their weight. So those are the next two people I was going to talk about. Obviously, Shen takes the sort of the reins over from Whistler. Brand new mm -hmm. character, though, no, mm -hmm. no, no connection to anybody previously. And like I say, Neil, who plays the main, main villain, Marcus Van Skyver. Mm -hmm. And I know he has um, sort of a, what's, I've forgotten her name, the lady. Uh, uh, Chase. Chase, yeah, yeah. So he has a... Um, a right-hand woman. Right-hand woman as well. So and Chase mm -hmm. is kind of the thorn in... Krista's side. Really. Yeah, they're she, foils. She they're foils. She seems to be on to Krista, although mm -hmm. she has nothing to really go on. However, it's just her gut feeling, and her yeah. gut feeling is is right. So, yeah. uh, Marcus is blinded because he clearly likes Krista. Yeah, so, a little bit, a yeah. little bit, a little bit. And um, I, I think I, I I feel like Marcus is very much in the world of what we had when Deacon Frost, that, yes. that kind of style yes. of villain. He's he's a much more grounded. And yes. I like his style of villain. He 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 sort of shows sympathy, whilst also seems to be very clear cut in "If I don't need you, you're gone." Yeah, so, he's also very you know. forward thinking. Like you can actually yeah. follow his plan if you look at it from his perspective. Like what he's doing makes sense. It's mm -hmm. not like he's just some senseless villain. Like Deacon Frost was a really good villain, but. Deacon Frost was extreme and he was trying to bring some long dead God back from the dead. Right. Like that's, that's a bit much homeboy, but with Marcus, he is very much like, I am looking out for the longevity of my people. And 
if I got to experiment on some other people to get that done, that's fine. Like, I don't care. I'll, I'll do it. That's, that's okay. But like, he actually has a purpose and has a vision for what he's doing. So I can appreciate a villain that has a viable plan. And I think, I think he has a very viable plan. Yeah. I, I, I like him as a villain. And um, mm -hmm. I thought we'd save off favorite characters for until next episode. Um, but I just thought it'd be a good idea to talk through the main ones. Yeah. And I do um, like the addition of Shin. I think having someone young that mm -hmm. can interact with Blade is it's a nice change up from having Whistler. Uh, and I like Shin a lot better than I like Scud from yeah. Blade 2. Um, but I, I do think that Shin and Blade have good chemistry. Like they have good partner chemistry um, and mm -hmm. they can joke with each other. Like there was one scene in one episode where <laughs> Blade was like, this, you know how this works. And Shen was like, yeah, I make the weapons. And then Blade's like, yeah, and I use the weapons. And then Shen <laughs> is like, oh man, I thought we were dating. Like they have a really fun, like back and forth with each other. Um, so I think that that definitely helps a lot because sometimes Blade can come off as just like really dry. And I think Shen is kind of there to add a little, not necessarily like comedic relief, but definitely to add a little flavor. Um, obviously so far we've only got through the first six episodes yes. however during that six episodes have you come across a favourite episode or scene or anything like that that you feel like you should want to shout out favourite scene um, I don't know that I have like an entire favourite episode I think um I don't know. I think probably episode six where they're in Paris and all of the drama happens with the pregnant woman, Vanessa. Um, so I think six might be my favorite so far, but also like it's the halfway point. It's a point where they have dropped a whole new like side plot going on with the purebloods. Like a lot of stuff happened in episode six. And I think that's probably why it's at the top for me right now, just because like, Episode six was finally the episode where I was like, oh, my God, what happens next? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, what? I was going to say so episode six for me is so far my favorite because I mm -hmm. feel there's a lot of subplots. Let's be honest. We, we yes. didn't talk about all the other subplots. There's a subplot with a character called Boone. There's a subplot mm -hmm. with a, a guy called Agent Ray Collins. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Boone is now gone. But Agent Ray Collins is kind of now filling the void of Boone. And, and I, I, I'm assuming that subplot will take more or make mm -hmm. more ground in the second half of season one however for me episode six what was the point where i started to become a lot more invested in yes. actually what is van skyver up to yeah so previously it felt like we kind of knew what he was up to okay yeah. he's just trying to get rid of all of the the weaknesses you know the kryptonites yes. that vampires have but now it's like okay well we know he's trying to get rid of the weaknesses but actually he's clearly trying to do something else right and there's a lot of moving parts and you're right. seeing in episode six, a lot more of those moving parts. We're still not aware actually of what any of them are. Exactly. You know? Yes. Um, and I like the fact that we're getting introduced to different hierarchies by episode mm -hmm. six as well. Sort of with the, uh, the actress, Emily Hurst, who plays Charlotte, the, the young mm -hmm. elder vampire. And it's quite weird because she can't be any more than like 14 in the show mm -hmm. in real life. I mean, and she's clearly playing some sort of, 
hundreds of years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thousand-year-old vampire or something right. like that. And cl- clearly is Fang Skyver's elder. And it mm-hmm. was a it's a weird dynamic seeing a 14-year-old talk down to a man who's probably about 30 in real life. And, right. Um, and what chops but really she does it really well actually oh she does it really well yeah so i'm I'm a lot more invested i think episode six for me also was the turning point i think i enjoyed the pilot i definitely enjoyed the pilot i thought that was really good it was a good um follow-on from the movie but episode six was for me the point where i was like no i'm caught now i want to know what's going on yeah episode Um, like if i had stopped at five i could have probably not picked it up and i would have been fine but mm -hmm. like by episode six episode six kind of flipped some theories that i was working in my own head like, especially like when the woman was not pregnant with a being, like, I didn't ever think it was human. Like I just, but I assumed that she was pregnant with some kind of living something. Right. Yeah. And so like when she was not carrying a life form, mm-hmm. that was the point where I was like, okay, I got to know what they're doing now. Like I am yeah. very much like interested in, in what is happening here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um so far during episode six is there anything you feel you would have would have maybe maybe shifted changed anything like that or i think it's difficult it's difficult because there's a lot of moving yeah. parts here and and i i personally think actually they've done a really good job in in taking this from the move from the big screen to the small screen um, yeah i think that i think the transition was good but i think the pacing was very off at the beginning like i think mm-hmm. if i if i were doing this differently i would not have turned krista so early I think that would have been something that I did later. Like, I think I would have made it a lot more contentious between Krista and the vampires first and established that. Like, of course, like they, they relied on the fact that Marcus killed her brother. And that was like emotional enough to have that contentious connection. But like, I wanted more like I I wanted them to have their own beef, not just a her like trying to get revenge kind of thing. Um, So I I probably would have done that differently. And that and like turning her when she thought that she had had the upper hand, but like she never had an upper hand in the first place. So like when they turned her, you were just like, oh, of course they turned her because she's too stupid to like keep up with the (laughs) plot. You know what I mean? Um, So I probably would have pushed that back at least to episode like three or four and like kind of made that transition a bit different i think but then of course that like slows everything else down because then you don't have boone yet and i don't know i just felt like they turned her too early but like with all the other plot points that they built on top of that like you you would lose some of those too if you waited too long the thing i probably would have changed would actually been boss i think sticky fingers did a good job such a stupid rapper's name honestly um fingers Maybe it's how you say it, but uh, (laughs) I actually would have recast. I I mean, I know they couldn't get snipes, but I think they should have found somebody else. I I would have gone with an unknown, maybe pulled an unknown actor, which could have Mm -hmm. brought down the cost in a little bit. I imagine they probably, whilst he wouldn't have been pulling in Wesley Snipes' money, he did did have some fame, Mm -hmm. so he would have wanted a slightly bigger wage he was actually riding high at this time because back in 2005 he was on this tv show called uh over there which i loved it was about like the soldiers in the iraq war which is so funny because like krista was a soldier in the the iraq war too anyway like uh sticky fingers was on the come up so i think spike thought that they were getting like sweet we got this guy who's coming off this other tv show that was on fx like 
a sister network. Like, I don't know. It, it all felt very like they were pulling from their own pool. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, yeah, the same way that the CW yeah. does. Yeah. Oh, and Netflix do it as well. Like, a lot of them do it. But no, I'm, the only reason I say an unknown is they should have gone with an unknown who had martial arts skills. Mm -hmm. So they should have just pulled in an unknown, somebody who could act, but or was new to acting. But, you know, you could, let's be honest, the range of Wesley, uh, of, of Blade as an actor right. isn't overly strong anyway. So you didn't need a strong actor. They could have got somebody like that guy who um, plays Darth Maul, you know, someone who could do the action. Oh, a stunt guy. And you could cut, yeah, yeah. You could, and then you could have just tweaked the acting as you went along, mm -hmm. you know, even if you had to give them some day lessons before they started shooting or something, they should have day done lessons. that. Right? <laughs> I don't know. They should have got someone in to do like an hour's coaching before before yeah, they start yeah. building. Like, they probably could. I know, but what I mean is, if you've got to teach martial arts versus acting, right. like on set, let's right. be honest, the acting's probably a lot easier to teach rather than look. Can you do this backflip? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Um, I I definitely see where you come. I would have appreciated someone that actually had skills like. I think you could see that he really skills. lacked. You could see he really liked it, and I think that's what I've got yeah. no issue with him. I think he actually did a good job. I just think that is the biggest change I could have made was actually yeah. not using him, and I would have been happy with everybody else but him. So, like I say, no issue with him. I think he portrays it well, but mm -hmm. um, obviously we haven't watched the whole season, so it's difficult to to rate the whole season. Yeah, but we're not going to rate it yet. Actually, we're going to rate it next. Not going to rate it yet. I'm not going to rate it yet. Um, but we'll hold off and give you our rating. Um, I feel like episode six was the turning point for me. Definitely. So it, it lifted up a rating to me. So we'll see how it ends. Yes, that's, I was going to say the same thing. Cause I, one through five, like I said, I was not invested. One through five, it was just like, okay, next, next. Yeah. And then we got to episode six and I was just like, no way. Like, what is happening? Yeah. What is happening? Um, so now I feel like my expectations are too high. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm just setting myself up to be let down for the back half of the series. Yeah. So, right, next episode, as you would have guessed it, we are reviewing Blade the Series episode 7 to 12, which came out from 2006. So come back next week for yep. more of our views. Yep. For the rating. And for the rating, yes. So, <laughs> uh, and we'll also give you our favourite character of the series. Yes. So, uh, you can follow us on social media. We're Geeks Unleashed everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Good journey. Good journey. <laughs>